I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine a year where capitalism bad, actually. What? What year is that, Sandra? The year is 2000, I mean, it's 1927. <laughs> Uh-oh. Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. Oh, it's a fun one this week. I'm back in Germany. We're doing some more German expressionism, uh, but in the form of a sci-fi film this time, not horror. Uh, it's Oldie But A Goodie. My name is Sandro. I'm roaming the streets with this random orphan that's over there. Hello, governor. Got any dimes? Just don't mind him. And uh, oh, I've got to try and find my co-host, Zach. He's somewhere around here. So what happens? Uh, because of time travel, I'm stuck in the past and my co-host can can time travel into the body of one of these random people on the street. And I'm going to go up to this one and see if it's Zach. Hello there. What's your name? Well, hello there, laddie. I'm Alexander Graham Bell. Oh, wow. You, 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 that's an interesting accent. Um, oh, we're in Scotland, actually, not Germany. <laughs> Uh, actually, uh, fun fact, fucko, you're actually still in the US. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just born in Scotland and, and am Scottish. I keep trying to leave America, but I can't. It's like, it's like, it's like a movie that I can't think of, but there's one where that happens in it. I don't know. Um, uh, you're, you're a famous inventor, actually, aren't you? Um, you, you might know me. Well... Inventor, yes, and company owner. Oh, you own company. AT and T Bell Telephone Company. Yes, thank you for that plug. Yes, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to plug it. I've got one thousand four hundred and thirty-seven shares in that company, <laughs> so it's important that I. You just have that information at the top of your head, just the exact number of shares you have. It's, yeah, oh, absolutely, off the top of my head. Well, I am a scientist and engineer, so I'm oh, quite knowledgeable. That, that's fan- that's fantastic. Hey, I've got to ask you, um, have you noticed any like weird technology being introduced over the last few years? I've heard rumours that there's this guy out there who's got like some sort of teleport ray thing. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about, you see. Mm-hmm. Because just this year, we teleported a picture of <laughs> Herbert Hoover over the telephone lines. Oh, right, okay. To create a full image. They're calling it TV. And it will be all part of the future. Yeah, okay. So this is just history. This doesn't have anything to do with the overall story arc. That's fine, then. It's good to meet you, though. It's fantastic. We're improving technology as we speak. I can see no way that the improvement of technology could get exponentially worse for society. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Well, you know what they say. Don't watch too much TV or your brain's going to rot. Uh, Bell. What? That's, that's what, what they what say. What are you talking about? That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Change. change. <laughs> what? What did you say, Sandra? <laughs> Nothing. Hi, Sandra. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Oh, good, good, good. I'm ready for a nice self-contained episode. I thought we were going to get some lore dumping then, but no, we're fine. Um, hey, that orphan over there, can you zap it? I booked a guest for this episode uh, through the power of uh, time travel. I don't know. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Oh, my God. The orphan has turned into... <laughs> The orphan has turned into Chloe (laughs) Talon, who's performing in Innesloid's Time Lord, this comedy festival. Hello! Oh my god, hi! (laughs) Welcome to 1927. Wow, it's so uh, sepia. Yeah, ignore the smells. (laughs) It's kind of gross in many, many aspects. Uh, But welcome, welcome. 
Um, yes, you are in the show Time Lord, uh, the Innes Lloyd Doctor Who improv show. You are one of the cast members of that. And when you said, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, that like Metropolis is a film that you really liked, I was like, boom, we're doing it on the podcast. Get on this episode. So thank you so much for coming along. This is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, now, Metropolis, you know, big classic sci-fi. I've always kind of seen it around, but never actually watched it. Uh, so I'm really glad that I've mm. finally seen it. Zach, had you? You've definitely heard of this movie before, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's it, it was on the list. I was doubting if I'd ever get there, <laughs> but you know, as as a sci-fi nerd. I was like, oh, this would, movie is a thing to watch, mm-hmm. but I probably was never going to watch it. But now I have, and it's, dare I say, good. Good? Whoa. I know. Opinions? It's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, but this isn't your first time watching it, though, is it, Chloe? You've seen this one quite a few times. Yeah, I've seen it many, many times. I uh, actually originally saw it, I would have been uh, 14-ish. Um, I originally was exposed to it. I love the band Queen and they use clips from it in one of their music oh. videos. Oh, yeah. Um, and I saw that and I thought, well, I need to learn more about this film now. And then my library had a VHS copy of it, but it wasn't the complete restored edition we have now. It was like some weird cut up version played at a really, really slow uh, frames per second. <laughs> okay. So it looked like it was in slow motion the whole time. Um, and I remember seeing it first and thinking it was terrible and I hated it. <laughs> and then um, years later I saw the restored version had come out and I thought, oh, I'll give it another chance. And it became one of my favourite films. Um, so it just shows how much a different soundtrack, different speed can really change your perception of a film as well yeah definitely and we will be doing non-spoilers and spoilers if you have not seen metropolis before but one thing that i think everyone knows about this movie is that yeah there's so many versions there's a version with like a synth soundtrack from the 80s or something i think which which is quite fun but we watched the yeah the 2010 reconstruction uh two and a half hours long um as much footage has been restored as possible with the i think it's the original soundtrack or it's the closest to the original soundtrack that they could get I think so. Uh, I think with a few of the ones, they've made like a remaster of the original score. Yeah. So they've had the the actual score, but obviously they've had to remake it. But yeah, we yeah we saw that version. But there's there's so many, there's so many random versions of this movie available. It's a it's honestly a bit a bit overwhelming when you go to uh, search up which one that you should watch, but. Zach, what what did you think? First impressions of Metropolis, what did you think? And what did you think of the length? Because I know you were very sceptical of the length going into this one. Yeah, I I obviously wanted to do this one, but the length was a bit daunting. And it is long. Mm. It is long. But I think it's the best long movie we've watched. This This one captivated me a bit more. There was definitely stretches where I was like, okay... Okay, next next bit please. Okay. I've 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 got I got the idea, I got the concept. But I I thought I really enjoyed this one and I loved the world. The world was really cool. Yeah. There was so much set pieces. There were so many things. It was exciting. I loved it. Uh visually fantastic. The story was pretty uh interesting. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was good fun. Uh I, I Thumbs up. It was it was a good time. Oh, positive review there. Yeah, no, I agree. I think out of what the longest films we've done are like Nosferatu and The Lost World, and this is probably better than. Well, it's definitely better than The Lost World. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say it's better than Nosferatu as well. I think both of those movies outstayed their welcome a bit. Mm. This movie did not, though. Now, having seen a chopped up version first chloe when you did watch the i guess the two and a half hour long version what was your first thoughts on the length because that's something that a lot of people talk about with this movie yeah well i mean i'm i've watched a lot of longer films before so i didn't really notice it too much and i think the good thing about it is because it's segmented and it has that intermezzo section it really helps the flow and because the frames per second were faster in the restored version as well. I actually was getting through it a lot easier than the chopped up version. Um, another thing as well, the chopped up version had really, really different title cards. Oh. Um, so the dialogue was different. It said that it was set in the year 2000 at the start. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 
Um, it was all very, very different. And so I actually didn't, and I still don't really notice the length too much when I watch this because I've seen the alternative. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of the same. I think I got to like, ah, I think it was like just after that intermission section i got to the end of that and i was like i was gonna see how long it's got i might take a short break and i'm like oh i've got like 40 minutes left this is nothing <laughs> like it does kind of go by a lot faster than yeah like a lot of the silent films because when you think about it it's like a three hour long silent movie you're like okay here we go but this one does uh definitely uh go along at a pretty fast pace and it's got a pretty good story i've got some some not necessarily criticisms but like questions about about the story uh but we can get into that during spoilers for sure don't worry i can answer all of them with facts and logic okay excellent yeah (laughs) but just like dr caligari which was that first one that we did this year also a german expressionist movie uh that pioneered horror this one pioneered sci-fi the visuals are just are just fantastic i wouldn't even go so far as to say they're out of this world they're pretty incredible <laughs> um they're like how there's some shots here that i don't quite know how they got like there's some maybe superimposed stuff i don't know uh the robot suit it's not a spoiler because it's in all the posters uh looks really really cool some great ideas here very orson wellsian very like 1984 but uh better <laughs> Absolutely. I'll say uh, the uh, robot suit looks better than the latest Iron Man suit. <laughs> so, but no, it was very visually impressive. They had a lot of, um, they had some kaleidoscope effects, which were very trippy mm. for some of the like wigging out scenes. And I love the delusions, the daydreaming sort of things that happens that I don't want to spoil. Um, because they they are very fun and very visually impressive, and I love them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also quite like old sci-fi like this. I mean, I'm you know a, a big fan of like the original what? Star Trek and original Doctor Who and stuff like that. You so like, I like sci-fi? Yeah, well, I what? like it. Like since when? Old sci-fi that's just so blunt and on the nose about what it's actually about like it's just like yeah we're not gonna hide it like this is exactly what you think it is and i like that part of it too how it's kind of an allegory but i wouldn't even say that this movie is an allegory because it's so obvious (laughs) what they're trying to say from the start um but it is quite fun and some good characters too although that main character again has a journey that like at the start i was like how is this guy just not aware of anything (laughs) you know yeah but that's the classic like a rich boy doesn't know anything story, you know? No, it is pretty fun. The final action scene just entirely just looks amazing. There's some great set pieces and miniatures uh, there. And really good acting too, particularly from the actor that plays Maria. Uh, she kind of plays two roles in the movie. She's fantastic here. Yeah, no, no, no. A very, very strong uh, role. And uh, uh, especially the... Second half, I'll say her acting gets really fantastic. <laughs> it's fun to watch, yeah. In, in a in a non-spoilery way, but she 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 blows it away, and it's great. Well, she was only nineteen as well when they were making it. Oh, really? I think it was her first film. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, I was reading. Um, most of the actors in it were relatively unknown. Um, the main guy I think was from the stage, but he hadn't done any films either. And I don't think she did many films after this either I, I i couldn't have told it you know i thought they were all professionals that was this is great yeah she's got a few credits but nothing uh, i'm not recognizing in any of the names and it seems like she stopped in like 35 so it wasn't yeah it wasn't acting a whole lot mm. afterwards and the director as well i mean it's fritz lang who was like reasonably popular at the time but like he would like go on to make spies and m in particular which is a massive one it, it it's uh yeah no it's a big it's a big movie and you can definitely see why it's like so respected in the in the sci-fi world the the director was certainly popular with certain people wasn't he sandro the director but this is very famously sandro uh one of hitler's favorite films oh yeah 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 sure sure well fritz mm. lang wasn't but yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i wasn't gonna bring that up but yeah no you're right <laughs> Historical <laughs> I stuff. Did anyway at least none of the actors were nazis this time yeah 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 it's always a bonus well i think the if we want to go into that i think the writer who was fritz lang's wife was a nazi sympathizer but he was jewish mm or at least of Jewish heritage. And so he left Germany, but she stayed. 
I think. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure on the history there. But yeah, it's interesting because she wrote the book like was it two years before the movie came out? Something like that, yeah. The book goes into more details about some of the world building stuff, but then without the movie, you've got no idea what any of it looks like because I don't think the book explains visually <laughs> what anything looks like very well. So they work hand in hand, uh, is is what I have been told. Um, there's not too much else. Really, uh, like it's it, it's a hard one to do non spoilers for because it's a very plot heavy film. So yeah, yeah, we could rate it and then do reviews. Unless you've got anything else non spoilery to mention, maybe some plot set pieces that you liked, Chloe. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think a lot of it sort of verges into spoiler territory, really. Looks cool. Machines cool. <laughs> Society also maybe cool, question mark. Oh, yeah. This movie was, uh, everyone was like, oh, it's a communist movie at the time. I'm like, not really. <laughs> like, not really. The ending's not really that. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I found that funny uh, when I read that. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to give this, this a goodie. It's like out of our binary rating system of oldie or a goodie. This is definitely a goodie for me. Um, there, yeah, there's a few sequences. There's one because um, a lot of the movie was lost and then found again in like a museum in Argentina. And some of that footage is in the 2010 reconstruction. Um, and it's obvious when it cuts to that footage because some of the frame is missing. Uh, there was a sequence there with a character called the Thin Man that I thought you, you could just cut. <laughs> like, just not not important. Um, but uh, aside from that, like in terms of criticisms, I don't I, I don't have a whole lot. This might this might be my favorite this year. I, I do like Do- Dr. Caligari a lot, but this is, yeah, definitely a goodie. Highly recommend this if you haven't seen it before. How about you, Zach? Uh, yeah, definitely a goodie for me. Definitely a goodie for me. I'm not sure if it beats out the slapstick comedy, mm. but I think it's definitely a close second uh, for this year so far. I think this is my second favorite movie because this was just really fun. And I'm a big fan of world building. Yep. And there was some great world building. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Sandra, but I also like sci-fi. What? I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually a big sci-fi buff. What? So, so yeah, I know. This may shock you. So, uh, uh, yeah, goody from me. This was great. How about you, Chloe? Are you also a big sci-fi fan? Are you also going to drop a bombshell right now? Oh, yeah, I'll get into it sometime. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you take it all, leave it. Um, but yeah, I would definitely rate this as a goodie as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know if you know, Zach, but I love, um, slapstick comedies as well. Buster Keaton is my, my man. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do watch a lot of other faster paced slapsticky kind of silent things. Um, but when I want to break from that, Metropolis is always my go-to serious silent film. Oh, yeah. I should ask, have you ever seen this in a theatre setting? Because I know, know, like, the Astor love doing screenings of this and other larger theatres around the country. Yeah, I haven't, actually. That would be one I would love to see in a theatre. I've seen Phantom of the Opera and I've seen a bunch of slapstick ones, but I haven't seen Metropolis. Mm. Uh, But next time it is on, I will be there with bells on. All right. Well, we've all said it's pretty good, though. Let's see what the audience thinks. This will be fun. Whoa. It's time for uh, Rotten versus Letter. Uh, still working title. Um, <laughs> rotten Lettuce. <laughs> rotten Lettuce. Delicious. Uh, this is the part of the show where I am pitting Letterbox versus Rotten Tomatoes because last year uh, I did a lot of Rotten Tomatoes thing and Sandro did a lot of Letterbox thing because he thinks it's better than Rotten Tomatoes. So I am going to scientifically prove which one of these two sites is better mm-hmm. with a weird quiz game where you've just got to guess which side it's from. Uh, but also me, because I've snuck one of my own reviews in there. Um, so how this is, works is I'm going to uh, tell you the review. And you have to guess whether it was Rotten Tomatoes, Letterbox, or me. And at the end, after we've gone through them all, uh, I will tell you which ones you got right mm. and which ones you got wrong. Okay. Now, the difference, I guess, uh, you know, if people aren't aware, the difference is Rotten Tomatoes um, uh, is people who uh, don't uh, know how to review things. And then Letterboxd is people who... Uh, also don't know how to review things, but do know how to be sassy. <laughs> so, yes. 
<laughs> it's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So the first one is from Cody, who says, Light-hearted with extreme vision. That's not very sassy. Extreme <laughs> vision. <laughs> extreme vision. <laughs> is vision in inverted commas? No, no, no. It's no? dot, dot, dot. Oh. Vision. Oh, okay. Mm. That's great. Very dramatic, you see. That, 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 that's, that's, that's gotta, that's gotta be Rotten Tomatoes. Surely, <laughs> surely that's Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Yes, um, yes, I I don't think it's sassy enough for Letterboxd, so I'm going to say Rotten Tomatoes as well. We have Nia, who says, I wish they lost the entire film. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> that's r- how rude of them. He is a bit that's of so- a savage. <laughs> that's, that's Letterboxd. That's, that's Letterboxd for you. Yes, I'm going to say Letterboxd as well. What about from John? This one, this one might throw a spanner in the works. Yep. Man, the future is great. I can't wait for my devil robot mummy to ruin my city. <laughs> oh, no. Uh. No, that's Letterbox as well. <laughs> Everyone on Letterbox is horny. Uh, I'm just going to say Rotten Tomatoes so we don't have the same answers. Orlok says, the mediator between head and hands must be the heart. So old, dot, 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 and yet so futuristic, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Highly influential and, dare I say, prophetic. Uh, well, it's good that Count Orlok came out to review the mm. film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I saw it and I was like, wow, Orlok's here as well. That's pretty great. <laughs> um, oh, look, um, I'm going to guess Rotten Tomatoes as well. Someone who thinks they're like this big film buff, so they're using a character as their, as their little username. Um, yeah, it sounds like a Rotten Tomatoes user. I don't know. You have a good point. I think I agree, but I'm going to spice it up and say Letterboxd. <laughs> very good, very good. And for our final review, by Foggy, says, reportedly one of Hitler's favourite films. Yep. A part of me thinks he didn't quite get it. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, well, you either got... The bit of trivia about this being one of Hitler's favourite movies uh, and then put it earlier in the episode um, because of this review, or this is your review, and I'm saying it is your review, sir. This is your is one. Is that because you haven't guessed one of my That's reviews That's because I forgot yet. about it until now. <laughs> yeah, I know you did, but I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> well, all the other reviewers had names apart from Orlok, unless Orlok was you, Zach. Mm. And this one is someone on Letterbox. Their, their name is Foggy. That's a that's a perfectly reasonable name, mm. surely. I reckon Orlock or this one is you, unless you made a false name, which could be the case. But um, look, I'm gonna. I, I would ne- I <laughs> never. <laughs> Me? I'm gonna say Letterbox for this one, just so we'll spice it up as well. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. Starting with the first one, Cody. You both guessed. It was Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. And it was. Excellent, excellent. Nia, who says, I wish they lost the entire film, (laughs) which was uh, a very savage review, but definitely Letterboxd, which Mm -hmm. you both got. We had John, who says, man, the future is great. I can't wait for my devil robot mummy to ruin my city. (laughs) That could be you, actually, thinking about it. It was me! Oh, no! (laughs) What? I'm the one who wants the evil devil robot mummy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, It's so obvious now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. In hindsight. Yeah, so you both got that wrong. (laughs) Uh, And then... (laughs) Orlock uh, was from Rotten Tomatoes, so Chloe got that one right. (laughs) And then finally, the last one was from Letterboxd, which Chloe also got right, which puts her two points above Sandro. (laughs) That's right. So you are the winner of our little scientific research there. What do I win? Uh, you get to stay on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you get to stay on. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Hello, listeners. This is Bob from Bob's Short Story Hour, a podcast that features an eclectic array of short story recitations from both classic and contemporary authors, as well as occasional interviews and discussions about both. You can learn more by visiting us at bobshortstoryhour.com or find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good night.
Hey, all you guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I'm Nick. And I'm Maddie. And, and we're, we're the hosts host of, of WTF is Happening. Australia's number one pop culture podcast, as voted by our mums. We're here to be your weekly 60-minute pop culture catch-up. You can expect stories from our personal lives that basically guarantee we'll never get a date. Legendary guest interviews where we find out which cultural moments shaped their lives. And honestly, just a touch of, like, chaotic, frantic energy. Now, as soon as you're done with the iconic podcast you're listening to right now... Go and listen and subscribe to us. Agreed. Cute. <laughs> As we move deeper into the spoiler class. Um, if you haven't seen Metropolis, I'd say go watch it and avoid spoilers, even though it's, you know, it's an older film, so you can kind of predict every move that it makes. But definitely go watch it. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Um, do we want to go through the plot here? Uh, we could we could sort of skim over bits and jump around to be generally chaotic, as we usually are. Sounds good. Um, well, then we should start with the beginning and the general kind of world building. What sort of world are we in? Chloe, where does this take place? What's the uh, capitalist nightmare that we're currently uh, involved in? <laughs> we're in Metropolis. Whoa. What? <laughs> I mean, where else would we be? This is the land of technology. There's giant pistons going crazy. There's mm. big cogs. You see the giant what looks like... New York buildings just like sprawled together. And- New York mixed with like Curaçao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like future New York. Yeah. Oh, there's like there's there's biplanes flying around the city. Whoa! The future. Everyone's flying in biplanes. Dude, the two thousands. I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. But yeah, we got the rich people up on the surface of the planet, and then down below is the worker class, and they're working. They're working away, and I like how all their jobs are like. Kind of like menial mini games that you'd get in like a Mario party. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mobile games. They're <laughs> yeah. torture. They're all playing like mobile game stuff. Like, gotta match the thing with the light, but, but do it for 10 hours without a break. Yeah, no. Definition of insanity right there. Yeah. And you can tell they play mobile games because they walk like people on their mobile all the time. <laughs> They're just dejected hunched over looking down waddling in unison says a lot about society i feel and that's something about this movie that i really liked was all the crowd scenes there's so many crowd scenes and we get one right at the start Mm. where it's just a crowd of workers doing a shift change and uh really really impressive stuff i don't think we've really done crowd scenes to this level on the podcast this year yet like this is the most people we've seen on screen so far yeah we did we did have a bit in uh the general where you got sort of two armies fighting each other but there was very few like zoomed out scenes to try and mitigate the fact that they didn't have too many people on set whereas i think in just the first shot of this movie we have twice as many people just on screen all like emperor penguins that are depressed (laughs) uh moving together looking down like oh gotta go to work bump 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 but they're all in time they're exactly timed to all go in the elevator to go down into the depths of the city the underground yeah it's interesting that there's different soundtracks to this movie because it's so perfectly timed um have you seen the 80s synth version chloe I've tried to watch some of it. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't a huge... I, I like the 80s, but I wasn't a huge fan of the 80s version of Metropolis. It, it's very different. I'm, I'm, I'm so used to this version now. I, I don't know if I could do it with different music. Yeah, I wonder if it's well synced up on that version as well, though. I mean, I feel like it probably would be, but I just, like, something about... 80s synth music playing while all these people are working to the time would just make this more depressing, I think. So Yeah. Well, the thing is, classical music is really universal. No one really dislikes classical music. No. Well, and so they're like dramatic... Dra- uh, no one I know, which means everyone, Sandro. <laughs> okay, I forgot um, that you know everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it, it's, it's very dramatic. You can sort of do a lot of things with an, an orchestra, as it were, which really helps with a lot of these movies with different tones you want to take at different times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I think all the movies we've done have had pretty fantastic background music, and this is no exception. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we are introduced to our main, I guess, character, Frieda, uh, who is the son of the master of Metropolis, Chloe. He, he, so he <laughs> finds out that bad stuff happening, actually, and then his whole world is t- turned upside down. I don't believe that he was unaware of this. Like, it's very, like, he seems like he's, like, 30, you know? <laughs> he's an innocent 30. <laughs> he's very sheltered. He is very, very sheltered. Sajo, this is just your 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 classic hatred of older actors. This, <laughs> the actual character in the film was meant to be like fifteen. Oh, I'm sure. Right. You just you just really you just really hate older actors, and I'm not I'm not going to stand for it. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Any actor during the during the twenties and thirties is playing a character fifteen years younger than them. So yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. So just think about it like that, and yeah, they've they've never seen the outside before, let alone injustice in the world. All they've seen is weird, like Hunger Game esque dressed people um, <laughs> in in uh, Alice in Wonderland garden, <laughs> the you know, <laughs> gardens. Yes, they're pretty great. I like those. Yeah, no, he's like, uh, oh, no, bad things happening, actually. And then he goes to talk to his dad, and his dad's like, I, I don't know. And then he goes, like, underground. <laughs> he sees all the workers doing their uh, th- their work. Dances? They kind of look like dances. Like, they're kind of dancing a bit. Uh, yeah, well, they're all synced up because it's like a factory. Yeah. So the factory's churning, and, like, all the people are synced in with the factory just doing their melodious work over and over again un- until one of the workers clearly too overworked uh fails to do his job and uh things go a little bit awry there's a whoopsie poopsie uh-oh factory go boom yeah everything explodes zach you're making fun of a very serious situation here uh-oh people die people oh, die no. <laughs> and then then frida he you know he starts to have like hallucinations and the entire factory is is actually a oh. <laughs> it's a sta- it's a what the fuck is it it's like a satanic temple Moloch. ah <laughs> oh, this was this was awesome as soon as this happened i'm like oh i'm fully on board with this movie this is great <laughs> where they just have the more the 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 entrance to the factory just turns into a more where they're feeding workers <laughs> into it die you slaves get into the temple and be sacrificed now, Chloe, do you think that this is saying that capitalism is bad? Is that what is, is that what you're picking up? Oh, I don't know. It's a bit vague. <laughs> um, yeah. I like it though. I like how it's like capitalism is satanic. It's just like boom, here we go, <laughs> feeding people to this, yeah. to this, to this temple. It's so on the nose, but I really do enjoy that. And all the um. I guess all the, like, I don't even know what to call it, like, imagery that there's heaps of pentagrams and stuff in the movie, too, for some reason. All that imagery is quite cool and and adds to a cool kind of, like, futuristic, but also, like, everything just went wrong world, which is great. Yeah, so, 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 so Chloe, what what happens next? What uh, what uh, what does this young gentleman do now that his his world's been turned upside down, and he's seen a weird Satan devil, which all the workers are being sacrificed to? Well, next he goes back to his father to tell him what's happened, and meanwhile, um, one of his father's workers, Josephat, who is one of my favorite characters, is there. Um, and then Grot, who is one of the workers, comes up and, am I getting this right? He tells him, uh, he tells the father what has happened with the machine and the father fires Josephat. Yeah, he's like, why, why did my son tell me about this and not you? You're a piece of shit. Fuck off. And then Josephat goes to leave and he's about to kill himself. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to be dismissed by Joe Fredison means to have to become a worker. And then Freyder is like, no, Josephat, come with me. And he invites him to his house. Yeah. There's many moments in the movie where I thought that they were going to kiss. Yes. Um, and they never did. And it was very disappointing. It's very homoerotic in quite a few places. Uh, which is great. I, 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 I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Josephat's a great character um, because I think they found they found pieces of paper on some of the dead workers 
that was a map to like the catacombs and stuff where they've been having secret meetings. Frida's like, wow, what if the workers rise up though, dad? Like you'd be pretty, uh, <laughs> you'd be pretty fucked if that happens. And the dad's like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's because it, uh, the dad goes to Dr. Caligari, who's in this movie for some reason. Um, <laughs> you mean Rotwang, but sure, Dr. Caligari, we'll call him that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, no, no, no. Um, it's actually um, Frankenstein's <laughs> creator. Wait, so just Frankenstein? <laughs> yeah, just Frankenstein. And um, yeah, it's, it's Frankenstein before Frankenstein, really. Kind of. Well, I think Frankenstein was already written at this point, though. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the um, the book was written, but not yeah. not the movie. Yeah. So it was the very mad scientist sort of thing, and he's a great character. I really like him. Yeah, Rowang's fun. He was so he was in love with Frida's mum, who obviously uh, married the master of Metropolis, had Frida, and then died. And so this inventor guy. Is like, I'm gonna make a robot that's her. <laughs> and he's got a huge creepy statue of her head as well. Yes, yes, he does. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. What that, that is a good point. Why why does he have just a giant statue of her head? Because well, he loved her. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. I can't wait to erect a giant statue of a head of my dead wife in the future. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah, he's a great character. I I really enjoyed him because he's like, um, uh, because the master of Metropolis is like, you can make me robots that will replace the workers and then I'll kill all the workers and we'll be in a utopia. And he's like, yes, I'm just going to destroy everything, actually. That's what I'm going to do. But sure, we'll do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he, he hates him, so he's going to betray him. <laughs> And then they explore the catacombs and they come across a secret meeting with Maria, mm. uh, where she's prophesizing the great mediator, um, someone who's going to combine uh, the up and the down. Do you know what that means, though, Sandro? What does that mean? Capitalism bad, actually? Uh, first off, yes. <laughs> uh, second off, uh, this entire movie, our, uh, our little rich baby boy, yep. who didn't know what's going on, he's a Jesus allegory. Oh, I knew that from the get-go. He's Paul. <laughs> yeah. This is just Dune. Yeah. When this movie ended, I was like, is this, like, Dune in which, like, this is all bad, actually? Like, yes, <laughs> did yeah. this kind of make things worse, though? Yeah. I think it might have. I just love the moment where he realizes that he is the mediator, and then this holy light shines on him. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? This movie's so subtle. What are you talking about? I don't understand. Uh, that was great, though. I love that scene where they go down, and then there's just like a, a Game of Thrones-style <laughs> uh, chair of crosses yep. in the center of the room they're just massive and there's hundreds of them and there's candles and everything and she's standing there preaching it's great it's very visually great and uh, they're like well we're going to take her face and put it on the robot somehow we're not going to explain Ooh. the technology but we're gonna do it <laughs> well it's the 2000s we haven't got there sandra oh, so true. once we get there you'll understand the technology they do, they do make a lot of wild leaps in terms of technology, but they got the TV thing pretty right. Mm. Or not that the TV thing, the like, um, the video communicator, which by the way, that's an amazing effect. I don't know how they managed to pull that mm. off in the twenties, but yeah, that was uh, quite well done. I like, I liked the when when they actually did the the swaparoo with the bodies sort of thing. Yes. Because they kidnap her and then they um they put the face on the robot. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm jumping ahead a bit, a bit, but we're talking about effects. I love the special effects on that. I was wondering how they did that because that's not CGI, right? So there had to be some. I don't know how they did the effects, but the lightning and you got those weird rings that were going up and down the the robot sort of thing. Were they like? In the background, holding screen lights, the, you know, big ring lights and, <laughs> and moving them up and down. I don't know. I don't know. It looked cool. It looked fun, though. And I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's very, very well done. I would need to watch a documentary, I think, to see how they actually pulled this off because there's some pretty incredible effects in there. But yeah, they do that. They kidnap her. Uh, the robot is now Maria and her performance instantly changes uh, <laughs> into someone a lot sillier. It's a very silly performance, and I enjoyed it a lot. And you can tell she's evil because she's got mascara. 
<laughs> bum, bum, bum. That's true. Only evil people put on mascara, question mark. I liked the weird, like, squint wink she kept doing whenever she was evil. And, like, the sly smile. That was great. Yeah. You could you could instantly tell whenever it was the robot versus her, which was great. Yeah, oh, definitely. And considering, yeah, it's her first movie, that's that's amazing. Yeah. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty good acting. Yeah, that was really fantastic. So, props. I will say, though, at this point in the movie, all the stuff with the private investigator was boring. There's this private investigator, he's called the Thin Man, and he's spying and trying to figure out what's going on. And it, it doesn't really lead to anything. So I can see why it was cut from the, not the first version, but the second version. I, I liked his scenes, though. I don't know about his story total, but his scenes were great. Because he comes in, he's, like, grabbing people's hands. He's, like, twisting them. And people are like, ah, my hand. Mm. And, like, he confronts, um, oh, what's his character's name? Chloe, the guy that uh, the rich boy's hanging out with. Josephette? Yeah, yeah, in in his room, being like, hey, how much money do you want to just leave, though? <laughs> Look at all this money I have. Yeah, I'd never really paid much attention to him, but then in the, my rewatch for this, I watched his performance quite closely, and the actor is just having a ball <laughs> throughout the whole thing. He's just so deliciously evil, and it's in that scene where he's confronting Josephat. Um, Josephat brings him in and sits down, and he offers him a cigar. And there's no subtitles for this, but you can tell what they're saying. And he sort of shakes his head and it looks like he's saying, oh, I'd much prefer a cigarette. Then he brings out his cigarettes and then he's got a note from Freda inside the cigarette case. And he is just milking it. He is just loving being so evil. And I didn't realize how much of an enjoyable performance he was giving until that recent rewatch. Yeah, I love I love him when... Uh... He's in like that dream sequence as a pastor being like, the end is nigh. The end is nigh. The prophecy will be fulfilled. It's doomsday. And then it uh, it has like a picture of the woman on a throne of slugs and snails and stuff. And then it cuts to that rising up from the floor. You know, it's, that was a great scene. The dream sequence is fun, yeah. So he um he rushes into the room just after Rotwang has done the thing, the transformation, and he's like, "Oh yes, I said Maria off to see your dad." So he goes to see the dad, and um and Maria is there embracing the dad, and he's like, "Oh no!" And then he just starts hallucinating, and it's great. Oh yeah, he fucking wigs out. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" But yeah, that's like the middle section, uh, and then we get to the final act where, yeah, the dad's like, I'm going to get Maria to make all the worky, uh, I was going to say the working class, that's not it, the worker zone, <laughs> this is very subtle, um, to make all the workers rise up and try and attack us so that we have an excuse to kill them all, basically, is the dad's plan. Nice. Uh, and and so, yeah, Maria is is out there making mayhem. Meanwhile, Maria escapes Rotwang off scene like she escapes from his place uh in footage that is lost so we don't see it but she escapes there's there's a moment where it's like this is what happened she escaped because uh, they had a fight and she managed to escape while they were fighting yeah that's what happened in the film continuing on <laughs> it's weird that that's the only piece of like that's the only thing missing i think really from the overall plot yeah, there was there was like one other scene, but they managed to piece it mostly together, so it's it's good. And so she's running through the streets, uh, saving all the kids because the workers are destroying uh, the heart machine. Oh yeah, and I love it when they get to the heart machine, right? Because they've all been riled up by the evil uh, machine man because uh, they're they're being led astray, and even he he he's the only one with like logic left. This, like, I imagine Scottish engineer. <laughs> Grot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely looks Scottish. Yeah, yeah, he's got that, he's got that Scottish, I'm giving her all she's got sort of vibe as he's in charge of the, like, heart of the machine. Yep. And they all come barging in this huge crowd of people. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> if we destroy everything, they'll just be like, okay, bam, bam, you're dead. You know, they're going to they're gonna murder us all if we fuck this all up. 
And then, uh, and then the machine man's like, nah, just fucking destroy it, lol. And they're all like, yeah, destroy the machine, woo! Mm -hmm. And so they have to have like five people wrestle this engineer down, which is great. Because no no one wants to go near him at first, because he's just this big man with a wrench. And then they destroy the machine and fuck everything up. Yeah, they destroy the machine, everything goes bad. He's like, all your kids are gonna die. And so they're like, oh, the machine man bad, actually. So they burn her and then see that it's a robot. (laughs) Um, little weird how they kept calling her a witch. I'm just like, eh, <laughs> choice of word, interesting. But, uh, yeah, they burn the robot and, and everything. And then how does the movie wrap up, Chloe? Uh, well, then Rotwang comes back and he tries to, uh, chase after Maria. Um, and then they end up in a church and she's like hanging from the bell and it's very dramatic. And then everyone's watching and then Freda comes and, um, punches out Rotwang and saves Maria. And then there's this big moment, Grot and the father, Master of Metropolis, are there and Maria says, they need a mediator. (gasps) And so then Freda goes up and joins their hands together. And everyone lives happily ever after. Whoa, he mediated. Yay. (laughs) He said it's mediating time and mediated all over them. Yeah, I like how the movie is like anti-capitalist, but the like it doesn't really end in a way that feels... I mean, I guess it's everyone working together. I don't know. We'll see. In the sequel, Metropolis 2. (laughs) You, you You could say it ends in a, like a socialist manner where it's like everyone's sort of equal, that sort of thing. Kind of. You could interpret it that way, but uh, not necessarily. Now, Chloe, uh, you're an expert on uh, this movie, right? Uh, yes. So I just I just <laughs> want to ask, why did Rot Wang, why did he go after her at the end? What was his motivation there exactly? Oh, look, is, is it because he thinks she's hell at this point? Is it because she? He thinks she's the why. Oh yeah, he thinks that. Yeah, yeah, he thinks that she's the the uh, the mother character. Yeah, it's a little bit. It, it's the missing scenes. You say you put get the full version, then you'll have complete understanding. Oh, right. It's all it's all the full version. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And you need to read the book as well. Oh, and I got to read the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there Tom Bombadil in the book? Tom um, Bombadillo. <laughs> yeah, there's like random moments where. Uh, the machine man starts singing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, that'd be great. And that is the whole plot of the film. Are there any other moments that you wanted to mention, Chloe? Um, look, you covered the main bits. Um, yeah, the saving of the children scene is one of my favourites. I think it's really great. And then Josephat gets to do some cool stuff. He gets to help. He comes back. Um, and then there's also, we didn't really talk about him, um, Georgie, the worker. Oh, yeah, Georgie. R.I.P. R.I.P., man. Yeah, I know. Poor Georgie. So um, when Freda goes back down to the worker's city, he meets Georgie, who's working on this clock thing, and he's about to collapse. But then Freda says, don't worry, there will be someone at the machine. Me. <laughs> um, and then so they swap clothes. And Freda starts working at the mach- at the clock machine instead, and he tells Georgie to go to his house. And Georgie leaves, but instead of going to his house, he goes to Yoshiwara, which is this debaucherous, rich place. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then he gets caught by the thin man, and then he dies <laughs> by nobly sacrificing himself when the mob of workers are trying to kill Freda. So he's he's kind of good in the end, but interesting character. Colby, what do you think this movie's about? What, <laughs> what does this movie say to you? What's the meaning of Metropolis? Well, it says so many things, Sandro. It really, <laughs> it really says a wealth of different messages. The mediator between head and hands must be the heart. Um, sort of the central theming. Capitalism bad. Uh, Forgetting children, bad. <laughs> yep. Evil scientists, bad. Yeah, don't trust scientists. That's that's what I got from this. <laughs> mm, scientists, bad. Well, scientists with agendas, bad. There's probably like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like essays about this movie <laughs> that are out there too. I mean, apparently some people got the idea that dictatorship good from this film. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Some people really took this one the wrong way. <laughs> they were like, yeah, this movie's great. 
let's do society like this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's kind of like the Joker then. It's kind of like oh. Joker and how so many people got the wrong message from that. And in both of these, we live in a society. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Pretty crazy. Pretty deep, actually. Uh, no, nah, it's a good film. I Go watch it. Uh, yeah, everybody should go watch this film because it's really fun. And I, I really enjoyed the visual effects. Very sci-fi, very cool. Um, and just like a very cool movie, especially for how old it is. Because sometimes I just forget watching movies, how old they are and what little they had to work with back then. And the fact that this was made is, is, is brilliant. Because so often we see things and we think, oh, I've seen this a million times before. But then you realize this was the first time a lot of these things were being done as well. Yeah. It, it's like these things started the tropes, which we are now used to. Mm. Yeah. Like the like the mad scientist, right? With lightning and his laboratory of weird potions. This, this is it. This is the beginning. This is how it started, you know? And it's and it's still really cool, and it holds up today. No, it's good. It's um, I would love to read more into the making of this, I think, uh, when, I, when I can. Because, yeah, it's, it's quite a marvel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, howdy, howdy. Did you miss me? It's Sally McSeller. I've got another ad, but I'm going to yell at you. Do you like the podcast you're listening to right now? I know you do. I know you're laughing. And I know that you want to head over to patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod where you can join for $1 and get ad-free episodes or join for $5 a month and get bonus stuff like this brand new bonus podcast on the movie Throw Mama from the Train. Here's a clip. Billy Crystal is a teacher at like a literature class and Danny DeVito's in that class and he apparently, to quote, he wrote a three-page murder mystery with two characters and one of them was dead by Peter <laughs> Who done it? <laughs> Who did it? Who did it? The man in the hat did yeah. it. He killed the other man in the hat or whatever the fuck was the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm laughing so much and I know that you will be too if you head over to patreon.com forward slash oldie buddy goodie pod. Get those ad-free episodes, get that bonus content, stuff it in your ear holes and keep listening to this episode because this ad's done. It's over. I'm an American and we're going back to the podcast. Yeehaw! But now, speaking of Marvel, it's time to remake this movie. Um, we're going to make a movie, uh, whether it's part one and part two. We do a Dune, who knows? We could split it in two, but we're going to remake Metropolis. We're going to milk this franchise. Uh, going to come up with a director um, and recast five roles, but we can also just recast as many as we want. The main roles I have written down are Frida, uh, we've got the dad, we've got Maria... And then Rotwang and maybe Grot, or we could do Joseph Fett instead. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, in terms of in terms of the main character, though, Chloe. In terms of Frida, who is there? Any actor that comes to mind that you would like to see in that role now? Oh, actors that I would like to. See. In terms of, mm, like, I can think of an actor that would likely be cast. In terms of who I'd like to see, that's another question. <laughs> yes. um, in terms of who I think would be cast in a role like this, probably like a Tom Holland type. Mm. A Timothy Chalamet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about Chris Pratt? No. <laughs> no, 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 we're not doing that, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to suggest him every single movie. It's going to be great. And James Corden plays the machine man. Now we should stop doing this. We should what? stop. Oh, no. Only the machine man, not regular Maria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the yeah. Oh, that would be funny. You could cast James Corden as Grot. Oh, you could actually. <laughs> A comedic kind of Grot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, you could. Uh, we we have done Tom Holland before, but Tom Holland would be the like perfect naive rich kid. Mm-hmm. You could just see him having a great time and be like, "Wait a minute, the society we specifically built bad." Oh no! 
Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other like because we have done Tom Holland a few times. I'm trying. I'm trying to think if there's any other like younger actors that we could go for. We could do like one of the Stranger Things kids, but I don't know if they're if they're old enough. A- Andrew Garfield. Oh, actually, I mean he's not young, but he looks young. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. I just I'm just on the Spider Man brain, and I was like, oh, hey, actually, he could be like because. Because he doesn't need to be super young, you know. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I thought that this role was someone who, like, who was in their 30s. And I was like, Adam Driver would do pretty well in a film like this. That's why I'm thinking Andrew Garfield. Because he does have that sort of, like, suave about him. So he could be more mm. of a suave rich. Yeah, I could do. You, I could go Andrew Garfield. Um, I mean, since we're not really making it as well. I mean, if you've got younger <laughs> Tobey Maguire... <laughs> Oh, that, More that would be good. No, we're actually making this though. Oh, After this right. podcast, we're 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 filming this. Yeah, so no, we, we really need to lock in these roles now. It's <laughs> like on a deadline. My first thought for the father was Mark Rylance because he can do anything. He can do comedy. He can be creepy. Um, he's great in uh, a recent film called The Outfit, where he goes uh, very dramatic, and I think he would be really good in the in the dad role. Uh, but if you had any other any other picks, definitely shout him out. Michael Douglas. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Michael Douglas is good. Yeah, absolutely. I see it, uh, and he would do a good like business dad. Mm. You know, he's all about like the city and making it perfect. He's making his metropolis. He's obsessed. You know, mm-hmm. to the point where he disregards what his son is saying and what society is happening, and it's only in. And it's only, like, in the end where he's starting to, like, open his eyes a bit more. I could see that. I I like him a lot. Yeah, Michael Douglas would be really good. Um, My first thought for Maria was Anya Taylor-Joy because she looks like a robot sometimes and would definitely be able to pull off the robot side of things, but also is really likable and I think would work for regular Marie. Uh, Maria. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see that. I see that as well. I really like her in pretty much everything she's in. I feel like she would do a good robot where she's, like, sort of spidering around. Like, eh, I'm the evil robot, you know. I- I'd enjoy that. I was thinking someone like Ariana DeBose, uh, who was Anita in the new West Side Story. Oh, yes. As Maria. I just really like her. I think she's great. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, she can sing. Maybe we do this. Maybe it's a musical. Andrew Garfield can oh, sing. musical. <laughs> yes, yes. I love this as All a right, musical. it's a musical now. <laughs> she's really yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want them to sing about how society backs. <laughs> I, I, I really love whenever you have a musical where they sing a number where it's like, a really tragic story, mm. but they sing it and as a high, upbeat, happy song. <laughs> yes. It's like, everyone's working till they die. Yay! That would be good. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a good fun. Definitely. I like that a lot. Because we're going for Michael Douglas with the dad, and I wasn't too sure if I would, would want to cast this guy as Rotwang, but if the dad is played by Michael Douglas, who, you know, is almost 80, then I think we can get away with Rotwang being played by Sylvester McCoy. Ooh. Because that's the only person I thought of when I looked at Rotwang, is the seventh Doctor, uh, Sylvester McCoy. You know, mm. he, he was also with The Hobbit and stuff. He was a ratagast. Mm. Um, I think he's perfect for that role. He's like, he's wild. He'd, he'd be fun and silly. Oh, he'd be, he'd be really fun as just a like, mad scientist. Yeah, I like that. Um, and any other roles? What what do you think about any of the other roles? Like we could do Josephette, we could do Grot. What do you think, Chloe? Uh, oh, well, Josephette's my man. So yeah, I mm, I'd like someone British to play Josephette. Someone like easily flustered and British and put together. Someone from horrible histories. <laughs> Who's- oh yeah. Simon Farnaby, uh, who's <laughs> death and horrible histories. There, there we go. <laughs> It'd be fun. Oh, I was thinking more, more the other one, actually, the one that plays, um, I've been watching Ghosts recently, which has got all the horrible histories guys in it. I think his name's Ben Winslow or something. He plays the captain in Ghosts and he's in Horrible Histories. He's the tall one. Ben Wilbond? Yes, maybe. Ben Wilbond? Oh, yeah, I can see that, definitely. Oh, yeah, he's great. Oh, I love that guy. He's so funny. 
Ah, uh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, and he could also do great singing for our musical. There we go. As well, because the Horrible History guys love to sing. They have some great musical numbers. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, get him in here. Get him in here. <laughs> He's in here. And then, Zach, for Grot, you wanted someone Scottish. Who do you have oh, God. for Grot? Scottish. James Corden. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> James Corden. There we go. <laughs> Uh, David Tennant would be my first thing, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if he grew a beard. Maybe David Tennant. He was in that um, Mary Queen of Scots film, and he had a giant beard. It was not real, but he did have a big beard in that. He could bring that back for <laughs> for Metropolis. Uh, I do, I do love David Tennant, and he was really good in uh, Omens. Who was who played the dwarven, the son of the dwarven king in the new Lord of the Rings series? Because he was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I I don't know who who played him, but he was quite good. I don't think he is Scottish, but he pulled off the accent very well. Uh, Owen Arthur was the actor for that one, I believe. Owen Arthur, and he was quite good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could do that quite well. Owen Arthur, perfect. All right, there's our cast. There's our cast. Uh, for a director who. Who's your who's your first thought, Chloe, in terms of a director? There's many sci-fi, you know, popular sci-fi directors out there. I've already got one in mind, but I do want to ask you first. Uh, is there a director that comes to mind that you think would take a good crack at at Metropolis? Um. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'd do a version. Yeah. That would be an interesting film. Well, Steven Spielberg just directed West Side Story. That's true. There we go. And he can do sci-fi. I was thinking, I mean, it's kind of a cliche to be like, get the guy who did Dune to do this one too. But I think he would ah. He would do well. But then I was also thinking maybe Chloe Zhao, who, I mean, not everyone likes Eternals, but she did Eternals. Well, well, Sandro, you say June, get the director. Why not get the OG director, David Lynch? He would not do this. He would absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> but also, no, yes. no, no, no. But he would, he would David Lynchify this, and it would be real wacky as shit. Hmm. I mean, you've kind of convinced me. What do you think, Chloe? <laughs> Chloe Zhao or David Lynch? <laughs> well, look, I. I'm just going to go Chloe Zhao because obvious <laughs> yeah, reasons. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Got to look out for my fellow Chloe's. <laughs> you almost got a lynch in there, Zach. You almost got a lynch. <laughs> look, look, I'll get him next time, Chief. All right. Well, there we go. It, it wouldn't be the same mu- movie that I wanted, though. It would be a David Lynch movie. <laughs> that's, the, that's the slight <laughs> issue. Be a race ahead, but the <laughs> it's all about capitalism. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. That is uh, our remake right there. And that is the whole episode as well. Thank you so much for gl- uh, for joining us, Chloe. Now, people can catch you in Time Lord, uh, the, the Butterfly Club, during the first week of the Comedy Festival. But you've also got some other projects on the internet, don't you? Like a podcast, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I am currently writing uh, my own podcast. It's an audio drama released in podcast form. It's also a musical. Um, It's called... I know! (laughs) It's called You, Fred, and the Road Ahead. Uh, You can find us on Instagram at youfredpodcast. Yeah, I'm also chairperson of Antipodes Theatre Company. Uh, We do different theatre and events around Melbourne. Um, You can find us on Instagram at Antipodes Arts, I think. I should know this. I also run our social media. Um, (laughs) Antipodes Theatre Company, look us up. (laughs) Excellent. And there's links to all that in the description. And then, yeah, of course, Time Lord. Um, You've already done a season. Are you excited to do some more improvised Doctor Who with the gang? Yeah, well, we've started rehearsals again. It's going really well. It was, um, I'm, I'm more of a stage actor less less of an improv actor but they've um really brought me into their fold i really feel like part of the gang um first season was so much fun and i'm really keen to do it again excellent and i'll be there too uh, on lights and sound so uh, all the all the links in the episode description uh speaking of live shows uh by the time this comes out i believe i'm in adelaide uh doing shakespeare aliens Whoa. for adelaide fringe with rob uh, who's also in the time lord show uh and and a whole cast of wonderful people and puppets and all the good things um if you're in adelaide come along we're on every night uh at goodwood theater aside from friday uh, and then I and then I jet out of here. I'm taking a bus, but I jet out of here on the uh, on the Monday. So uh, come come say hi if you're in Adelaide. It'll be good fun. Um, Zach, 
you're probably going to be streaming soon now. Some things have happened in your life that might mean you're on Twitch now, maybe. Well, what are you talking about? I didn't move in just last night. And now I'm unpacking and barely got my setup in time for recording. <laughs> what are you What are you talking about, Sandro? Um, but yes, I've I've moved into a new house for a minimum of nine months. Whoa! And so now I can begin recording and doing stuff. So I'm going to be on Twitch soon. I just have to come up with an accolade for Twitch. <laughs> Yay! Excellent. And then I'm going to have crossover streams with chairs. That's right. I'm going to have a chair on my stream. Oh, you're going to well. also take my chair, Brand. I'm the chairman of Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be one of those like. Blink and you'll miss it. Secret references to your stream. <laughs> yeah, okay. That I'm going to have a chair in my stream, you know, that I'm sitting on. Oh, I look forward to watching it. It'll be good fun. Um, and if you want to stay in touch with the show, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Twitter. We've got letterboxed accounts. We've got all the stuff and things in the episode description. We're also on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod. Uh, there's a bunch of new episodes up there now, like the Danny DeVito film Throw Mama from the Train. We did a terrible movie from 2001 called Turbulence 3 Heavy Metal about Satanists oh, on a plane. Uh, and and <laughs> it's uh, damn good fun. That's all up there on Patreon. Uh, plus ad-free episodes if you only want to subscribe to the $1 tier and not get those bonus episodes as well. And and I think that's I think that's pretty much it. Zach, before we zap Chloe back to the future, before you also head back there and I carry on my merry way, you've got to pick next week's episode. I do, I do, and there's there's a, there's a few movies to choose from, Sandy Boy. Yeah, nineteen twenty eight. I mean, the first one that pops out to me is the Man Who Laughs. Oh yes, there's clowns. Oh boy, mm. uh, there's there's the cameraman, which is another Buster Keaton. But we've already done a few of those. So there's a uh, laugh clown laugh. Anyway, the Last Command is the uh, choice I'm going with. Uh, which is about a former Imperial Russian general Ooh. and cousin of the Kaiser ends up in Hollywood as an extra in a movie. <laughs> I know, ridiculous. <laughs> so that's, silly. That, that's, that sounds fun. That, that sounds like yeah, fun. Yeah, it All sounds right. really fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this one. Excellent. Next week, The Last Command. Um, and we're nearing the end of the 20s as well, which means we're probably going to start getting some talkies very soon, which is exciting. Whoa, imagine. But anyway, Chloe, thank you so much for uh, coming on this episode. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. It has indeed. Uh, now, uh, please, um, my apologies in advance. Zach is going to have to zap you back to the future, and there might be a little bit of discomfort, I think, uh, because the technology is uh, bad. I shall brace myself. Yeah. Are you squeamish at all? Do you have any allergies? Yeah. What do you mean, yes? Oh, this is going to end badly. <laughs> all right, good luck. Bye. Ah! What's going on? Does anybody have any money for bread? Ah, the orphan's back. Ah, I thought we'd be rid of that orphan by now anyway. That's fine, whatever. Uh, the radiation hasn't killed them yet. All right. Well, I've <laughs> We're <also> trying. <laughs> wow. I've also got to go, Sajo. Good luck. Goodbye. I'm going to open up this portal and I'm going to go into the year 1928. That's right. I'm walking right into it. I'm, I'm walking. I'm, I'm walking here. It's not New York here. <laughs>